Good morning, Tyler. We're back with another industry update this morning. We are chatting AMC and their desperate clawing for cash to survive. Tyler, do you miss the movie theaters? Because I definitely do. I think I miss them less than you do. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, all right. Tyler, you're off the show. This is now the Daniel Industry Update. No, I'm just I think I, I think my hot take later uh, you might not be happy with, but we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. All right. Love it. Well, I miss movie theaters, and I am hoping that AMC um, doesn't fold, but we'll see. Here's some reporting out of CNBC. Basically, movie theater chain AMC is still not faring well, um, even as COVID, uh, I guess, reaches some kind of end, at least with a vaccine on the horizon, and they're desperate to avoid bankruptcy. So the company raised $104 million in December. They did that by selling 38 out of 200 million available shares, which is a a good little chunk there. Now, AMC is offering 50 million more shares to get some fresh funding, hoping to get about $125 million from that. So first, they sold off about a fifth of their available shares. Now they're selling off another fourth of uh, their remaining total available shares from back in December. And they also received about $100 million in funding from Mudrick Capital Management back in December. Now, this sounds like, you know, millions of dollars, right? This should be good news. Well, apparently, for them to reach their 2021 requirements for liquid cash, AMC still needs $750 million more. Dollars. Uh, otherwise, they are filing for Chapter 11, probably. So that's why they are freaking out, and that's why they are selling 50 million more shares to try to shave off a chunk of that 750 million that they need to meet. So AMC has truly had some unfortunate luck going into COVID. Right as the pandemic began, AMC was about five billion dollars in debt, and that was after a fresh round of luxury improvements to its cinemas. I'm not sure if you remember before the pandemic hit, Tyler, but all those AMCs and Cinemarks suddenly had the big, luscious seats. With oh, re- yeah. oh, yeah, with the recliner. Mm, I mean, hey, I miss that big time. But uh, especially in the middle of a pandemic, that kind of investment probably is making them want to punch themselves in the face. Um, and beyond that, Uh, they were also buying up competing companies uh, before COVID hit. So they were really deep in debt. Then COVID hit. And of course, now they are close to bankruptcy. Uh, Its shares have been down about 70% since January of 2020. So if the situation doesn't turn around for AMC, they've said bankruptcy is not out of the question. In a uh, CNBC article about AMC's uh, just financial dealings, President of a box office analyst, Doug Stone, gave a pretty bleak outlook on avoiding bankruptcy for AMC. I'm just going to read this one verbatim. Quote, frankly, I believe that Chapter 11 is really the only path that will lead to AMC surviving. I cannot imagine that there is an appetite out there for another 750 million of stock sales and any debt they assume will be at astronomical rates. End quote. So even though a vaccine is in sight, I think its ability to stave off COVID is still dependent on how many people take it, obviously, right, and who even has access to it. So until then, the pandemic rages on, which means still more bad news for theater chains. According to data from Comscore, 
U.S. ticket sales for movies were down 80% in 2020. When you compare that to 2019, which was a year where we saw the second best total ever for ticket sales at uh, $11.4 billion, 2020 only hit $2.28 billion. So huge dip. Other cinema chains aren't as optimistic as AMC about making it out the other side in one piece. Uh, and I mean, even AMC really isn't that optimistic. So that should tell you something. Uh, CNBC recently spoke with Flix Brewhouse CEO Alan Reagan, which is a uh, gastropub dine-in movie experience. Um, they have several locations in Texas and they chatted with him about his 2021 outlook for movie theaters. Uh, basically, his dine-in cinemas are preparing for what he says could be a permanent decreased audience of anywhere from 15 to 25%. And that's permanent, again. So he's not expecting things to get back to some kind of normal, and that normal is in quotes, until uh, 2022. So here's Alan Reagan on CNBC, again, CEO of Flix Brewhouse, giving some thoughts on how he imagines movie theaters are going to adapt or can adapt, really just his outlook on what's next for cinemas. Uh, we're hoping that the industry, which is a little bit over-screened right now, uh, loses some screens uh, due to natural attrition. I don't think anybody's going to be head over heels building new theaters right now. And to your point, I absolutely do believe that the dine-in operators, which includes us, we're actually a brew pub, uh, a gastro pub uh, that shows movies, 87 screens in 10 locations. And, and we think we've got a pretty good shot at surviving uh, you can get any sporting event that you want in your living room all weekend long, but we still have sports bars, right? We still have Buffalo Wild Wings and all kinds of sports bar concepts uh, for the same reason. People want to uh, get out and uh, uh, they want to have somebody take care of them. They want a little bit of entertainment. And, and we also need to uh, broaden our entertainment offerings beyond just filmed product. So my quick take on this Tyler, uh, first starts off with adding a little bit of context. So movie houses and theater stages, really all struggling arts venues, actually have some access to about $15 billion in stimulus support due to the uh, most recent, excuse me, recent COVID bill, uh, which I guess is a point of optimism. But overall, uh, that $15 billion probably isn't enough to cover every single theater or every single art venue's accrued rent debt, which shows no signs of being eliminated or forgiven by the federal government. So even with that stimulus support, how useful is that really going to be to pull AMC and other major chains as well as small local chains uh, or just independent theaters out from the mud? Uh, really, I think we're in a place that feels more like what Flix Brewhouse experienced, which is going to be less theater workers, less theaters in general. And then for those who survive, probably a forced, reimagined theater experience. Uh, Flix Brewhouse cratered from 1,250 employees before the pandemic to literally five employees during the pandemic. So they they closed all their cinemas, fired all of their workers or, you know, I guess that furloughed, laid off, uh, and I'm assuming left only bare necessity executives um, running the behind the scenes. And Alan is hoping that screens across the United States close to make things easier for the rest of the market. So 
even those that are lightly optimistic are still, to some degree, wishing for their own industry to collapse, which is not a great sign of optimism for what's next for theaters, at least in my opinion. So where that leaves remaining theaters is a thinned landscape with picture houses signing on to exclusive streaming deals for high-profile blockbusters like we've seen with HBO Max, and a viewing audience that has grown accustomed to an at-home experience. And that at-home experience has probably made them critical of the price of the theater experience and a chance to maybe reimagine what the surviving silver screen experience should be or if it's even worth that, you know, 15 to 20 dollar excursion when they can get, you know, the same procedural viewing of the movie at home for no extra fee on top of, you know, just what they pay for streaming. So that's just my feel of how the landscape is going to, uh, I guess, pan out in the next several months, years. Uh, Really, I just think this is going to be a big opportunity for theaters to expand their services and experiences, uh, hopefully to feel more unique, more immersive, and hopefully also more worth the uh, high price point. Because if they don't adapt, I could see movie going, becoming more of a niche, uh, you know, theme park style, uh, you know, you only go, you know, once every six months kind of a thing, mm-hmm. especially if they have to raise all their prices to make up for the permanent loss in audience and uh, just tighter market in general. However, where they find the capital to invest in this kind of reinvention, especially if it's just a total reimagining of the theater experience, I think is yet to be seen and, uh, you know, could look more like. Uh, Disney, Amazon, you know, the major players out there um, jumping into the theater game and, um, you know, developing their own theaters, showing their own movies, et cetera, et cetera, which is a whole other discussion. Uh, But yeah, that's sort of my take on this, Tyler. Where are you standing with this? You know, I think you're right to bring up the adaptation aspect of this. And I I think a lot of how people view different um different experiences during this time is largely shaped by the things they thought about it beforehand like before like if you wanted to see a movie early you know and and see an early release of something and and by early i mean like you know the opening weekend of it you know the only option was to go to the theater and if that was something you liked that's something that you did and you kind of put up with some of the necessary evils or pain points of the theater going process right and and so i think that experience still sticks with a lot of people and the fact that a lot of theaters hadn't evolved in a long time and so you were taking on these necessary pain points of high ticket prices like you mentioned high snack and concession prices uh you know and in some cases like not an enjoyable type facility right sticky floors um you know mediocre service things along those lines and so that's still some people's enduring you know image and kind of thought of going to the theater and i I think that when it comes to adapting you have to think about okay how can we reduce some of these pain points and like most most things in my life i'm going to relate it back to sports in a way but sports teams started noticing that the at-home experience had started to get so convenient and affordable and enjoyable, really, just with, you know, better televisions, people having more access to better sound systems and, uh, you know, high-def cable and all that sort of thing. So that uh, the, the you know, sports-going experience was almost better at home than it was in a stadium. Now, like, obviously, some people are still going to prefer to go to a stadium the same way that some people are always going to prefer to go to a movie theater. But teams acknowledged on some level that the 
uh, stadium going experience was going to have to evolve and change for many of them just to keep up with the way that technology had evolved and changed over the years. And so teams started doing more to engage with fans when it comes to apps and make uh, the in-stadium experience a little bit more special. And that, that's something that we focused on quite a lot here at MarketScale. If you've watched the Fans First um, series that we have, around the Savannah Bananas, just acknowledging the fact that uh, that when you go to a stadium, you want to be entertained and, and remove some of those pain points of the um, of the stadium-going experience. And I think in a lot of ways, theaters are kind of in the same boat that nowadays, like if, you know, with the way that, that Warner Brothers has the deal now with HBO Max to release their films and that sort of thing, you do wonder if the model has kind of shifted and changed out from underneath theaters and what exactly those adaptations are that can get people back into movie theaters. And if they can't evolve, you, you brought up Amazon. One of the things I'm, I'm wondering is that Amazon worked backwards when it came to groceries, right? right? They um, had all of these other ways that you could get groceries before investing in kind of the physical infrastructure of grocery stores. You almost wonder if they're going to do the same thing with movie theaters and with the movie-going experience. They're going to work backwards. They're going to have all these streaming services and all these ways to watch at home. And then it's going to seem like, oh, we've completely reinvented the idea of movie theaters the same way that they did with grocery stores. Um, you could easily see that happening and seeing you know some of the traditional names that you're used to seeing when it comes to theaters kind of shoved out. And so I don't know exactly what those adaptations are, but I think there's going to have to be a pretty major shift in terms of what the consumer experience is at a movie theater. Maybe it's a subscription model so that you can see as many movies as you want over the course of a month. I know that that's kind of been tried and floated out there with MoviePass and other things like that, but you almost wonder what exactly that that shift is, but it feels necessary at this point. Mm -hmm.